Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself continue our discussion on one of our favorite topics, vocation. Welcome to Being Lutheran. I'm Pastor Brett Bow, and I remember how to do this, and I have with me... <laughs> Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Brian Rickey. You know, say first, vocation. Vocation. Yes. <laughs> you know what we forgot to Take do? I'm, I'm trying to f- figure out the timing of all of these episodes. Last episode, we did not talk about the Reformation Conference at mm-hmm. all. That's right. Since we're talking about vocation, we should probably mention the Reformation Conference. Refcon 2019. <laughs> yes. On vocation. Saturday, Saturday. At the Metrodome. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> not at the Metrodome. Also Good not luck at having, the, finding that one. Met Stadium. Uh, but it's at Faith Free Lutheran Church, South Minneapolis. Uh, you for all of your information, check out Faith Free Lutheran on Facebook or go to faithlutheran-aflc.org and we'll have a page set aside on our website for the Reformation Conference. RefCon yes. 2019. Yeah, and, and because it's a conference and because we've got RefCon, uh, I will not stop you from dressing up as your favorite Reformation yes. character. You can, you, you can dress up like this, Luther. Uh, yeah. You can dress up as your favorite heretic that was burned mm-hmm. at the stake. You can dress up as Eck, you know, a coin in the coffer. Rings, you know, we should do. from Sir Purgatory mm-hmm. Springs. We Is should the- we should give out five books on vocation for those who like do the, the monk shave. Yeah, <laughs> first, the first five attendees of the conference yeah. with tonsures. Yes, yes. <laughs> Show up in sackcloth. I have a feeling, oh. have a feeling that's going to be some alphabet students yeah. that are. Yeah, pull that until they realize all they're getting is a free book. In college, <laughs> like, no. a Chick Fil A gift card. Yeah. There'd be more people yeah. that were yeah. going to do that. Yeah. So. The official, the the official chicken sandwich of the Reformation yes. of the Christian Chick-fil-A. religion. Nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, good. Well, we're this is part two. Uh, we we are kind of following the same pattern we have been of having two episodes, uh, generic teaching on something on a topic, and then next episode would be Old Testament. After that, New Testament. But this is part two of building the base of t- starting to talk about vocation. And so last time we started to get into that and defining that. And so uh, this episode, we're going to keep fleshing that out and go from there. You know, I I rethought things, though, mm-hmm. as I was considering what we talked about last episode. We covered it all. Yeah, right. We don't even well, need to talk about this anymore. Done. Let's just move on. Augsburg <laughs> Confession. Let's just do it. I'm going to beat you over the head. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, so much more to talk about. There is. And, right. and, and I think that where we ended it with is, mm-hmm. is part of what I'd like to, is something that's important to me to stress, yeah. even to my congregation, is that, okay, we talked about that God doesn't need yep. our, our good works, uh, good, that good, good. we don't even need it unless you're trying to fill your own ego, mm-hmm. you know, which again, then you become your own God. And, but our neighbor does. And our neighbor needs it mm-hmm. because of society, the way God has structured things, mm-hmm. but it's God also a, a form of worship. Yep. But the thing that I think is really sometimes detrimental, and I'm going to say, I'm going to bring up the, maybe an ugly word that people like <gasps> don't want to, is the word evangelism. Preemptive gasp. <laughs> but vocation is, in a sense, evangelism. It is proclaiming the excellencies of Christ. And, and I think that that most of the time we try to make it an event or something extraordinary. Mm-hmm. 
but it's really in the mundane. It's really in the ordinary. It's it's in the line at the grocery store. It's in uh, mowing your neighbor's lawn. You had talked about one time where you just kind of went over to your neighbor's house and and mowed the lawn. And and for me, I just moved into a, a new house. I just went up to my my neighbor and said, "Hey, we have a dog. Uh, we tie her up outside in the backyard. We had a fenced-in backyard. We tie her up outside. She has a bark collar. Could." If she, you know, if there's anything that is, uh, you know, bothering you guys, let us know. And he was so grateful for that. And lo and behold, the first Sunday, um, the kids put her in the backyard, but didn't tie her up. Now there was a bunch of holes in the fence that she was oh. able to <laughs> get out. And guess what? My neighbor lovingly put our dog back in in, in the fence oh, and nice. put it back. In. And I said thank you. We baked him some cookies. And now we're going to probably get together and have Perfect. have yeah. have lunch, you know, Great. supper together. Yeah. And that's it. Right. Honestly, that is vocation. And God right is, there. God's placed that person in your life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and we've talked about it before, but it's good to bring it up again, Brian. I'm really glad you did. For most of us what we think about evangelism is this forced, mm-hmm. designed, effortful. Go thing. to the mall and find five people. Well, it's it's really it's it's it's. I would say perhaps everyone with a spiritual gift, and everyone has a spiritual gift. Everyone with a spiritual gift falls into this trap, thinking that everyone else should have the same spiritual gift that yeah, you do. Exactly. But no one is more guilty of that than the evangelists, right? Mm-hmm. Is that you have to be doing this forced, mm-hmm. contrived, on top of everything else, artificial you're doing evangelism yep. to to kind of define your piety as a Christian. Now, yep. it can be done that way, yep. and for the people who are gifted evangelists, go do that. Yeah. But for the most of us, the faith. Faith spreads organically through naturally yep. occurring mm-hmm. Amen. events that God designs and puts together. There's two verses that really inform what you're talking about. The first one is the Great Commission, yes. where go therefore and make disciples. The command isn't to go. What it's actually saying is as you are going, implying that as you're, you're going along your way, yep. it, as a part of your life, be involved in making disciples. The, the greatest way that is carried out is in the vocation of parent, mm-hmm. where you are <laughs> daily yep. making a disciple as you parent your kids. Yep. The second one, the second verse that informs what you're talking about, Brian, is First Peter 315, mm-hmm. where always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. Yeah, absolutely. It's implying people are going to be asking you as you're living your life as mm-hmm. a Christian, mm-hmm. in your vocation, yeah. those things are happening. You're not, you know, doing, you know, a, t- a tally sheet. You're not keeping track of how many people have I witnessed to today or witnessed to this week, because that's not the focus. No, the focus of your life as a Christian is loving your neighbor. And mm-hmm. honestly, it's availability. It's just mm-hmm. making yourself available to whatever the Lord leads you into or or mm-hmm. whatever situation that, that is presented. Yep. You know, and I think that's, I know that it's a bit ordinary and a bit mundane, wow. but I think it's actually quite beautiful. Mm-hmm. There is Absolutely. nothing sexy about normal everyday Christian life, you, mm-hmm. you there, quote you, that, you, didn't you, tweet that. <laughs> example. <laughs> uh, but what I mean by that is, you're never going to build a successful parachurch ministry talking about that. You're never going to mm-hmm. write a bestseller saying yeah. this is what the Christian life looks like. Mm-hmm. Wake well, up, do your job. 
Love mm-hmm. your neighbor. <laughs> yeah, and I, I know one thing that you and I have talked mm-hmm. about because both of us are introverts. Mm-hmm. It's like the church expects pastors to be extroverts. They ex- expect yeah. everyone to be this this extrovert evangelist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then you don't embrace the person who God made you to be, the yeah. personality that He's given you. And it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so amazing if you just make yourself available. How many times the Lord presents situations in your life that are just ordinary? At the po- I was at the post office the other day, mailing a package of a piece of gear that I sold, and I was just able to. I it just kind of came out of my mouth, and I said, um, "Lord bless you" or whatever, and they said it back, and it was a smile, and Lord bless you, you know, or just little <laughs> things like that, just the ordinary things that God just presents in your life, and it's mm-hmm. extraordinary how how mundane, but how beautiful at the same time it is. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, for those of us whose mission it is to get in and out of the grocery store without making eye contact with a single person, <laughs> that's not bad either. But to, to build on what you said, I heard this on White Horse Inn. I was, while you're talking, I was searching my memory bank for where I heard that quote. It was from uh, Sam Albury, who's a pretty well-known author in the Anglican church. He's uh, from England. He's teaching at Westminster right now or some college at the States, but he's a regular guest on the White Horse Inn. And Sam Albury said, and I'm probably paraphrasing a little bit, he says, I think when the church talks about evangelism, what they're really talking about is making us all into Jesus extroverts. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and, but that just, that put it in an amazing yeah, yes, perspective. That, that's helpful. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. There, so, well, there's a book that, mm-hmm. I don't know if I gave it to you, but I know that we both have read it about introverts in the church. Yes, good book. Oh, it mm-hmm. is. And it really kind kind of kicks against yeah. that. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if there's someone, I don't know, I, I just feel like I need to say this. If there's someone that's listening to our podcast here, that maybe you kind of have this invisible stick where you've kind of beat yourself over your head that you don't think that you're the right type of evangelist and you're not a good Christian because you don't share Jesus like so-and-so does or whatever, please just throw all of those ideas out the window. Yep. Be the person that God has made you to be. Mm-hmm. Allow that cyclical sanctification to lead you in a life of confession and repentance toward a salvation without regret, and then yep. worship him and be available. That's it. Just be available. Mm-hmm. Take, take all those invisible sticks, snap them in half, make an invisible bonfire, roast some marshmallows. Exactly. Ooh, I like this yeah. invisible mental... <laughs> Something. Exercise. Yeah. Well, we're 10 minutes into an yeah, episode we... <laughs> about vocation. We haven't even started talking about vocation. And, and awesome. I will attribute it to the <laughs> yeah, It's your just, fault. That's yeah, right. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we, we spent some time talking about what vocation is. And uh, one of the things we wanted to talk about in this episode is what vocation isn't. Yeah. There's a, a lot of common misconceptions and, and it's really interesting. The American church the last two years or so has really started latching onto this idea of vocation. And when, when someone in the generic American church starts talking about vocation, they're almost always wrong when they talk about it. Because it's a program, right? Uh, well, it's a program, but most often the articles I've seen the from Protestant non- work, work yeah. ethic. Or it's yeah. a seven-step yeah. yep. seven self-help thing, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's when it's written from a non-Lutheran perspective, and this is not said mostly arrogantly, <laughs> uh, you get... I see it, and it's talking about a work ethic. Yeah. It's talking yep. about being rewarded in your job. It's talking about not hating your job or whatever the case might be. Or uh, the the Protestant idea of vocation for the last 50 years or so in America has been vocation is only how you're serving God in spiritual means. And mm-hmm. so vocation is being usher at church oh, or being right. a Sunday yep. school teacher or being a missionary. It's 
also not what vocation is. But, mm-hmm. you know, we, we talk about the idea of vocation coming out of the Reformation. Luther, this was one of his big two or three ideas coming mm-hmm. out of the Reformation. The first place we got to start is Roman Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Roman Catholicism at the time of Luther and for centuries before Luther taught that certain vocations, certain callings mm-hmm. were more spiritual mm. and more sanctified than others. Mm-hmm. So that to the point where if you became a priest, mm-hmm. a monk, or a nun, you were automatically into heaven. And it was better than your the everyday run-of-the-mill Butch, peasant. Butcher, baker. Butcher, baker, maker. candlestick maker, things like that. And so, uh, the, the all of the writings around Luther's time, you see Luther rail against them in his own writings are talking about this this treasury of merits that mm-hmm. the monks and nuns and priests have stored up because just by virtue of their vocation they were getting into heaven and then everything good they did in their vocation was made available to everyone else who is mm-hmm. you know just your poor working schlub mm-hmm. uh, so did you say schlub i did say schlub all right i use it appropriately too last episode I said schmo i just spelled that schlub <laughs> s-c-h-l-u-b <laughs> Bank on it. Well, the, <laughs> maybe two Bs. The one thing I, that I have really appreciated about the theology of vocation, mm-hmm. as rightly understood, it's actually, in a sense, like the gospel. It just it unburdens, yeah, the believer. Oh. It, it it unburdens you from unnecessary pressure that you either place on mm-hmm. yourself, that maybe a clergy is placed on you, or or some Family member, yeah. some leadership, like or whatever. Yeah, chill it, out. It does. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> I, I'm writing that book, and that's the subtitle. Exactly. Vocation, the doctrine of chill out, man. <laughs> you know, and so there's a calling. And of course, you can take the doctrine of vocation too yeah. far into almost what I would call antinomianism, sure. where we don't have to do anything at all. Because there is a calling. That's anti-vocation. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really it really is. and and But it is really freeing, and it really unburdens mm-hmm. the listener and, and the believer because— yeah, it is because it's that freedom thing again. It's worship, and it's just literally being mm-hmm. available. I remember hearing somebody say, "This is before. This is way before I even knew what vocation was when I was first being introduced to it." A guy threw up the book, you know, Luther on vocation, and he said, "This book changed my life." Yep. And I was right like, uh, "What are you talking about?" I didn't get it, but yeah. after coming to understand what it is and understanding what it isn't, it yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Vocation, yeah, it's life-altering stuff if you've never heard mm-hmm. of it before, especially. Mm-hmm. I think part of the problem in the church today is people who have heard of it take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we, we we round back to this idea of sanctified vocations, mm-hmm. these more important. And, and Luther, in response to that, you know, wrote, well, when a milkmaid milks the cows, she's serving God. When a mother changes yep. a dirty diaper, mm-hmm. she's serving God. Yep. When a when a brewer brews the beer, he's serving God. All <gasps> of these things. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. da, da, da. That's what Luther wrote, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the temptation in American Christianity, because of our disdain for Roman Catholicism, is to say, oh, ha, ha, hashtag... RCC, whatever. We, we don't struggle with monks and nuns and priests anymore. That's not the thing, except we totally struggle. Yeah. What's the modern this? day version of that? Modern day version of this is uh, if you have any spiritual aptitude at all, you ought to be a Sunday school teacher. And being a pastor is even better than that. But being a missionary is best. <laughs> and and this is something I've really, the, the thing that I've been struggling most with this year in my personal life hmm. as a pastor is trying to express the need for good lay people in the church. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, so many people, we fall into it. And in AFLC, this is one of the things we pray about because it's something we need. Mm-hmm. It's the emphasis, pray for more pastors, mm-hmm. pray for more pastors. So that at any point in time, when a young man or a middle-aged man in our congregation shows any sort of spiritual <laughs> aptitude or sensitivity, you know what? You ought to go to seminary. Mm-hmm. You know, we say that to every single one. And I'm thinking, well, we do need more pastors and we should pray for that. But we need good strong lay Absolutely. leaders yep. in our congregation. We need Who good fathers and mothers. Confident and set free in their vocations. Yeah. My, mm-hmm. my son, uh, my second oldest, Samuel, um, when he was in his final year at Bible school, preached a sermon that would honestly rival a lot of pastors. He did a great job mm-hmm. and rightly divided. I was proud of him. But he has no desire to be a pastor. Huh? <laughs> and and, he, and, I, and he, we had a talk. Um, we were just kind of hanging out one day. And uh, I, said, I said, you don't feel guilty for that, do you? And he goes, I did a little bit. And I said, no, I said, you know, God's going to call you to whatever he calls you to and whatever church he calls you to serve. Just be a great deacon, a great elder, mm-hmm. be a great support for your pastor and pray for him because we need that just as much as we need pastors mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah, yeah. right. And I, I mean, I had this long two hour conversation with a good friend of mine and former student on my couch a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, how sick of you, how sick are you of being asked when you're going to go to seminary? Hmm. He's a lay person and he, he's theologically minded, listens to this podcast. He reads books. He, he went to our summer Institute this year, mm-hmm. the AFLC's kind of continuing education program. Uh, and he's like, it's tiring. Yeah. Hmm. You know? Well, one of my other sons also, he kind of said this out loud. He's like, He's like, I think I want to be a pastor. And it was funny because, you know, people were in the room and, and everybody's like, oh, that's so cute and everything. Everyone throws <laughs> and that confetti well, no. explodes yeah, spontaneously. Exactly. And then my <laughs> wife looks at me and says, oh, what words of advice would you give him? And I said, don't. Yeah. <laughs> and she kind of got mad at me. Uh, and she's like, why would you say that? And I said, because if I can't talk him out of it, then he might be called. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's one of the first in my pastoral interview. They, they said, if you can be anything other than a pastor, go do that, right? It's mm-hmm. one of the things is discerning the call. And it's it's a cliche and whatever, but there's some truth to it that, first of all, being in the ministry is hard, but we want to be sure that people aren't going into it for any sort of prestige or mm-hmm. ego reasons or... Yeah, yeah good know, luck with that. <laughs> oh, and, you know, Thankfully, the AFLC, oh, there's not yeah. a lot of prestige yeah. in being a pastor. Right. <laughs> but, still, but, but, you know, mm-hmm. but there are still people going into it for the yeah. wrong reasons. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. I've told people, I've never really wanted to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's not that I don't enjoy it. It's not that I, I do totally feel called, and that's really why I'm doing it as worship. Not because I have to, mm-hmm. uh, but because I get to, but I've never wanted it. Mm-hmm. The, the the thing I've told people is there is actually one other thing I wanted to do with my life, <laughs> but only one of those jobs exists in the world and I'm not getting it. Yeah. So I needed to be a pastor. That's the radio play-by-play guy for the uh. twins. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so that's one side of what vocation yeah. is. And the other side, when we this episode just ran away with itself, yep. Yep. the other side of what vocation isn't, uh, is that people who first hear about vocation and it's the places God has put us in right now to serve, mm-hmm. they, they take that as meaning it's so divinely appointed mm. that there's no room to seek improvement, to seek promotion, to change jobs. Change, yep. uh, that's not the case at all. So now if you're a burger flipper at McDonald's, the first of all, the doctrine of vocation says there's dignity in doing that. Mm-hmm. There's value. You're serving your neighbor. You're likely raising money for you or your family. Right. You know, you're being employed. I think, but, was it Veith that talks about 
illegal vocations are not yeah. legitimate. Yeah, well, uh, it's just not a vocation. It's not the a vocation. Non-vocations, yeah. we don't yeah, talk sorry. about with vocations because it's like... <laughs> so the drug dealer on the yeah, corner. Right, yeah, right. The drug dealer on yeah. the corner. <laughs> prostitute, <laughs> not a value. You know, things yeah. like that. But the, the, the things, the vocations that the world disdains. Sure. You know, especially now blue-collar work, minimum wage work. Those are valid vocations. Absolutely. Now, we're not saying the person in those, you shouldn't... You know, get the training you need, seek promotions, seek opportunities to increase your pay, better your life situation. All mm-hmm. of that's built into vocation. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The, the minute you start increasing your education to get a better job, you also add the vocation of student. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and and part of, you know, your vocations in, in seeking better jobs, you have the vocation of husband mm-hmm. or wife or parent or whoever that God has blessed us with an economic system where we can earn money for our efforts. Mm-hmm. And he has blessed us with opportunities and freedom to improve those circumstances. Vocation isn't pigeonholing you mm-hmm. or forcing you into a spot where you're going to mm-hmm. suffer for suffering's sake. Mm-hmm. Now, well, we can talk later on about vocation and suffering. That's the other, but, oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we got so much more to mm-hmm. talk about, but the, the issue here is vocation isn't, well, I'm in this dead end job, I hate it, I'm working for my paycheck, living paycheck to paycheck, uh, the drudgery of life is killing my soul. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, you hear people talk about that all the time. On the one hand, vocation says, do your job as the best employee of that job you can do. Directing your efforts towards your Towards neighbor. your neighbor, love Neighbors. your neighbor, yep. assured, deriving joy from your salvation. The other thing is, if you are not content in your job, if you're not happy, also work to improve your station. Also mm-hmm. work to improve your family's livelihood. There is nothing wrong with that until it becomes idolatry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so we want to make sure that those both, we, we don't fall off the horse on either one of those sides yep. because those are corruptions of the truth of God's word. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Amen to that. Well, should we wrap up this episode? Sure. I have a scripture, Colossians chapter 3, uh, verse 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as we continue our discussion on the theology of vocation. God bless you and have a great week.